Good afternoon. You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and you're very welcome back to Local Media This Week, the programme where we have a look at the local press, the local print media, and we let you know what's there and we have a chat about it here in studio. My name is Jim Collins and I'd like to welcome back our usual panel. First of all, uh, John S. Kelly. John, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Jim. And we've Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're welcome. Thanks, Jim. And David Fleming. David, how fault road? Good afternoon, Jim. So, looking at the papers this week and uh, all sorts of interesting things, and we have the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo. And I suppose, you know, we, we don't want to go back too many times to the one subject, but we simply have to go back to this because it's, it's on the front page of the Clare Champion and it's on page four of the Clare Echo, uh, complete with photographs and whatnot, and that's the Puka. And page 14 of the uh, North Clare News as well, Jim, uh, the head in it. Yes, <laughs> and, a, and a lovely photograph there as well. Yeah. So the, it's been, well, you might have heard, the, it, it made the RT news during the week, it and did. I presume Clare FM had it as well, and uh, various other news uh, outlets. But uh, the Puka seems to not be so popular, um, David, up in Ennis Timon. Certainly not, uh, Jim. And where we had left it the last time, for those regular listeners maybe will know, but um, for those who are tuning in today, <laughs> this, this was, um, this was a, a problem. Um, the county council had commissioned uh, the, uh, an artist, a Aidan Hart, Hart mm-hmm. to uh, produce a sculpture for Ennestymon. And the council's objective here was to make people stop in Ennestymon rather than carrying on and spend a little bit of time in the town. Uh, Aidan Hart, who's based in Kilkenny, uh, produced, was inspired partly by seemingly there's plenty of horse allusions in Ennestymon, uh, uh, <laughs> and um, inspired by this, looked into it and produced this puka, which in you, you'll have to buy the paper now to, to get the pictures. Um, the head of a horse uh, and, and the body of an emaciated person is how I would <laughs> describe it, with one, with one foot in the air as if they're about to kick a ball or something. And, and they have a tail as well. And this is a bronze piece of artwork and it's about two metres high. But anyway, the Ennis Diamond people got up in arms. They didn't like the look of it. They thought it was a bit um, a bit scary. The priest, seemingly, according to one of the papers today, the local priest, uh, Father Willie Cummins, it's, it's Porig McMahon's, actually, piece on page four that has this. Father Willie, Willie uh, Cummins denounced the sculpture from the altar now. Um, Martin Conway, Senator Martin. It's gone as far as the Iraq. Oh, oh, it is. <laughs> Senator Martin Conway, Fine Gael, described it as uh, yeah. offensive. Okay. So, so yeah. that, that produced a bit of an outcry. The council got a bit of a start and they said, we'll pause the plans. And th- in the last few months, they conducted a, a survey of the people or <coughs> the locals and a, a plebiscite, you'd have to say, or, or a vote was held. And the council, according to Fiona McGarry's piece in the front, tri- front, front page of the, pa- of the Clare Champion, says uh, that the, the results were revealed on Tuesday with 43.6% of respondents saying they, quote, really disliked the artwork, compared to 34.3% who really liked it. So it's, it's, it's divided, but there is a majority in favour of, uh, of really disliking it. As a result, the council have decided that Ennis Diamond will not get the puka because they don't want it. Uh, hold uh, a second now, David. <coughs> that, uh, what we call a plebiscite, that 
vote that was taken. Yes. We don't know, first of all, do we, Jim? We don't know uh, who or where did the 700 respondents come from. It doesn't say they came from Ennis Diamond. They could be from Wicklow. You know, oh, no, well, I'd say no. It, it's it's they've only targeted the locals. Uh, yeah, well, there's no uh, Fiona doesn't actually, and neither does Boric, uh, kind of delve into the actual background to the people who did the yeah. object. It's a good point, mm -hmm. and and uh, I think John is beginning to sound a bit like Trump. He doesn't like the result. Doesn't like the result. Forty. Did you vote yourself in the Puka question, John? Forty. Well, I did. Poorly. Forty-three percent said no. Yeah. And thirty-four percent said yes. Question really is germane now. Tell me. You don't get a hundred percent. So there must be um, there no, must be a, a portion who, who yeah, are who undecided. Should in, who should be in Pat? Who should be entitled to vote on that? If uh, if the, if you were having a, a bit of sculpture in in O'Callaghan's Mills in your home village, okay, would you like? People from Tumgraney are from no, Scarlet. I wouldn't. No, no, no. <laughs> what no, have you got no, against no. people from Tumgraney, Pat? No. And I'd like. I we're, well, we're, we're, we're we're quite intelligent, and we know what we think we know where no, we're talking. Anything about. outside of the area, really, it should be in this in this time. And, but uh, John yeah. has thrown in a red herring here it's because not a red herring, it no, is it is because <laughs> because the presumption is I don't know what the population of Enniskillen is, but it's more than seven hundred. Oh, I, I'm sure. And, and the presumption is we have to presume that they are all those 700 are from the local area there. Mm. Were, there, were there postal ballots I wonder mm. <laughs> well, um. you, know, you could you could have a village up there uh, out on the a few miles out from Endless Diamond or maybe 10 miles away who would love to have the puka okay and they see an opportunity if they can have it rejected through voting <laughs> Do you know, <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in Trushinil is meant to have the book there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, 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 this, can I continue on then? You can. And maybe, the maybe we'll put, they'd put, when they, when they put up, when they put the, the railway station there, okay, <laughs> put the puka in the railway station. <laughs> sure wouldn't the puka frighten off the railway from coming, I would have thought. But, but, uh, but the, 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 now that the council, the council have decided anyway, Ennis Diamond isn't to get it, but another part of Clare, but they've been very specific about it, which I'm not sure why they're doing it and it's not explained by any of the reporters, why have they selected just North Clare? Hmm. You know, yeah, was you know why not East Clare? Why not East Clare? Yeah. Why not anywhere else? Yeah. yeah. Um, because Eddie Lenehan's proposal, which is which Fiona has, um, the Crushine man says his own village would make the ideal location given its legendary links to the mercurial character reputed to lure people into all kinds of nocturnal adventures. Now, that could be good or bad, nocturnal <laughs> adventure. <laughs> we have a place named Cahar on Fuca. Yeah. And you can imagine Eddie Lenehan now saying it with a very good, thick, clear accent. Cahar yes. uh, on Fuca. And there is a roundabout there, uh, the storyteller said. What could be more appropriate? It's an amazing coincidence, really. And maybe this is where the Puka was meant to be all along. So, uh, I mean, I think the council should be a bit open-minded. Um, now, maybe... They don't want to encourage people into Crushine for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. well, but would you would you like to have the puka in in Tungreni? Um, I like the piece. I would I would I would think it should find a place where it is appropriate, where there's some connection. Like, wh why would 
Of course, right, it, as enough. a piece of art, I like it. You do and it, therefore, yeah, as a yeah. result, it could be anywhere. Mm. But if it does have a connection... Now, I was thinking fecal, because in, in Merriman's um, great poem, there, there is a demon that appears from another world anyway from another world exactly yeah. and this is certainly from another yes. world yeah um so and the whole a area of the horse i mean east clare is is very much horse country it is mm. it you is. know horse is very popular and then yeah. the i was thinking the mythical and magical properties of the puka yeah you know would correspond with the the, the magical properties exactly. of east clare and, exactly and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and porig mcmahon actually mentions the fact that uh, i think uh, john you mentioned this before um brian brew is thought to have been one of the few individuals to tame a puka like this Absolutely. by riding on him yes. yeah, yeah. or her we is should, it him or her i don't know we should we should put the the puka then below beside brian brew and tom Brady. yes the killaloo yeah, yeah. people would want it i'd say the yeah. killaloo people <laughs> would be, want it to be great crack actually if if uh, north Clare and north west Clare reject <laughs> <laughs> and the county council then have to come east Yes. And uh, imagine the fun we'd have. Oh, we'd have great fun then. But listen, the, the whole publicity around this will ensure that this piece of sculpture will attract attention. Without a doubt. Yes. It, yes. This, Without a doubt. Actually, in fact, this, this whole episode has ensured that the artist will be remembered and also that people will come and visit, no matter where it's put. Mm. So I think maybe we should start a campaign to bring the puka to, to East Clare. Whether it's Tumgraney <laughs> or O'Callan's Mills or Scarif or wherever it comes. It didn't David mention earlier that uh, Fecal would be the appropriate place for it? I, I think wonder why, why did you say that, actually? Because m the Mer Merriman's poem. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, because yes. of Mer but Fair yeah. enough. But Flagmon might, Kilcarn, they might... Uh, anywhere there, the around yeah. the lake, anywhere around that... Okay. Yeah. Long lake. Um, uh, we'll go on. Eddie Linehan would probably in the, the in the um, at Howland so he'd probably want to do want to do. I wonder yeah. has, I has, has, has Eddie has Eddie consulted the people. <laughs> <of> <laughs> anyway, we're talking from uh, one piece of magic in the air to uh, something in the ground, and we dealt with this last week. We talked about. Uh, prospecting and mineral prospecting in East Clare, well, partly in East Clare, in the Tulla area and also in Bunratty. But I see it, there are further headlines about it this week. Um, I know I was driving home, I'd say, from the, the Scarafogunlo match last weekend. Yeah. And uh, I got a phone call from somebody from, uh, what is it, Future Proof Ireland, I think. Future Proof Clare. Future-proof, Claire, and um, very concerned. Could they sort of come on the radio straight away? Because at 12 o'clock that night, last Saturday week, um, the, the, the deadline was up, but I see that's been extended. That's right. It has been extended. And, yeah. and, and um, this is about a prospecting license. It's, it's a license to prospect, which is different from a license to mine. Hmm. To mine. I think um, it's very important to bring that out because I think there's confusion out there in relation to that. There too. might be, but I think I can I understand. Um, Fiona McGarry has the piece in, in The Champion. Uh, locals appeal to keep Tulla untouched. Uh, concern over the possibility of mineral prospecting in East Clare has prompted the formation of an opposition group in the Tulla area. Keep Tulla Untouched was set up on foot of a notice uh, by the Department of the Environment signalling its intention to grant a prospecting license to Minko Ireland, 
or is it Minco Ireland? Minco. Minco. Christine O'Brien, whose land spans a number of the townlands earmarked for silver and gold prospecting, is among the members of the group. The organization's submission describes the local community as stunned at the possibility of mineral exploration. Keep Tulla Untouched has objected to the prospecting license on the basis that the original public consultation period which spanned Christmas was too short. And um, in the, I, I, I think um, in, the, in the council, I think one of the green councillors, who's actually backing up his minister and wants to see the prospecting license um, carried on. Could um, you, could you uh, so that, that people listening to us will get a handle on this, and okay? Um, why would the minister, uh, why would uh, his supporters uh, agree with giving the license, which they're about to give? Well, well, it has been pointed out in the papers that it will do... No, so, uh, some of the objections are based on environmental damage. Now, the argument that the minister's supporters and the government supporters, I suppose, is that a prospecting license does very little damage to let, the environment. Let's consider, so that we can be, you know, illustrative on this issue. It's true that the what the minister says, it's non-invasive. Yeah. It is core, at the most, core drilling. Yeah. And the value, and this is a point I think that's worth considering, the more cores which we have in our, in our area in question, the more information emerges in relation to the structure of the geology underneath. Mm. Forgetting about the actual minerals, mm -hmm. uh, uh, gold and silver and that kind of thing. It helps the actual wider understanding yeah. and the value of our geology. But so that's exactly it. But what I think... Now, imagine, imagine yourself uh, on a, being on, a, on the objector side. And you fear that ultimately this might lead to mining. Mm. And I think that's, that's the fear. That's the fear. And I think you take every opportunity, therefore, to object to it. And to nip, they would probably see it, nip it in the bud at this stage. Um, if, if there is stuff found, then they obviously, the mining company, have to go back to the minister for, for an actual license to mine yeah. it. Mm. By which time it, the objectors might have lost the battle because, as one of the Green Party councillors said himself, Tara Mines um, created over 100 jobs. A different era, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. I know it's a lot of mechanization now, but jobs would be. I mean, one of the you can see it now. You can see Minecore, whoever company yeah. comes in, saying we will create fifty jobs here, and there'll be another hundred ancillary jobs, and it's very hard to argue with those sorts of. I things. know, yes, but it's easy for people to lose the, lose the the drift of themselves on issues once you mention the word prospecting. Okay, what's wrong with finding out? more knowledge. But, but John, you know, I, sorry, did no, you not hear what I said there? I did, very much. If you oppose mining, you probably have to take every opportunity to oppose it along the way. You're probably opposing, opposing a lot of other things as well in, in, in society. But I suppose prospecting on its own isn't of, of any, any value, mm -hmm. or except for information. And knowledge. But, but yeah. it's of no value to a mining company, except but, unless it's followed up by were acting on the results well, of yeah. what well, they find. They're tradable, and um, the county council have told us that have indicated that uh, in most cases there's never a follow-up. You know, usually the license to to uh, in to prospect to prospect is a ten-year license. Yeah. Okay. And once the ten years are up, if there was no, no uh, you know, and and we learned we learned last week actually that the previous 
person or company who had the prospecting license did give it up. Yeah, for this area, yeah. like prospecting has already happened in this area. Oh yes, mm. oh yes. And they found limited amounts. Yeah. But presume, presumably, they're hoping for something. I wonder. They if wouldn't be doing it otherwise. If material was found, valuable minerals were found in O'Callaghan's Mills of that area, which is <laughs> right between Tulla and Bunratty. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, I think uh, actually um, does does uh, it covers the the, the um, what you call the the barony the, the baronies. Yes. And I heard somebody on the radio the other the other morning and, and Claire Freeman they were saying that it was they would be from to be from Clusheen down to Bonretti and from from Clusheen again as plus back back down to yeah. um, O'Brien's Bridge. The townlands are mentioned and I, I, on page 9. So yeah, the yeah. actual notice from the minister, yeah. notice of intention to grant a prospecting, I think the, the, the horse is bolted by the way, but anyway, <laughs> uh, the townlands are the listed Puka. there yeah. in, in Tulla Upper Barony and in the townlands of Bunratty. There's yeah. only one, two, three, four, five, six, se six or seven in, in up the Bunratty Upper Barony. Yeah, most of them are, are in and around uh, Tulla. the Tulla. Yeah. Just just to give a flavour yeah, of, all, of they're it, they're all Tulla Tulla town. Yeah, because I know a lot of them. Myself. Nockdrum League, Lissafin, yeah, yeah. uh, uh, Milltown, Moymore, yeah. and yeah, Moymore, yeah, and, and Tulla itself actually is managed. So I mean, for members of the public anyway. Um, those people who objected, and some of the councillors mentioned in, in Porig's piece, said not enough time was given. The minister has granted extra time until the 23rd of January. Um, but of course, they're only, it's, it's, the minister, as, as he says himself, reserves the right to make details of the objections available. It's up, it's up to the minister. It's up to me. Listen, we'll no. go on. Yeah. Can we, Danny Maloney, uh, a well-known Broadford man, supporter of Broadford, uh, sadly has has passed indeed, away. Indeed, John, you you would have known this I man. I met Danny uh, a couple of times, but I would have heard an awful lot about him. A native of Broadford, who went to America, the East Coast, New York, uh, in tough times, and built himself quite a business empire there of property and uh, services. Would he have dealings with another New York property developer beginning with T and ending it with P? I wouldn't think so. No Broadford man would actually <laughs> be associated with the in-between <laughs> there. But isn't... Um, <laughs> That's a wrong... Is a, a, wrong, a West Clare hotelier. I thought you, this man <laughs> loved any connection with Clare. He did, and he manifested it in the, in the solid way of opening up his wallet to help. Secondly, he was well known as an employer. If you, were, if you came from County Clare as a student during the summer, you were guaranteed a job with Danny. He was a great friend of, of um, PJ Mason, in fact. Yes. And what, okay. what area was he in? Was Danny... One of them was, was um, service removal furnitures and house clearances and department clearances and what have you, okay? Um... Like Nat Ross or one of those firms, yes. yeah, okay. But he had he had a lot of lot of property as well. He was living in in, in a place called uh, Mahock Mahopack in New York's Putnam County. No, I don't know much. Um, the Park McMahon has a nice short uh, article on him, and uh, 
Page, what page is that, John? Page seven, page. a giant of New York a business. Giant, yeah, yeah, yeah. A great friend of, of our, our, our comedian, uh, Brendan Grace, he founded the, the moving company called Liffey Van Lines, which could go out to become one of, one of the largest and most successful movers in New York, Ireland, to, and beyond. So, I mean, here is a man who... Uh, come St. Patrick's Day, would always have the politicians from County Clare over, and he, he provided the hospitality for him. You know, in the village of Broadford, I mean, you're down beside him, Pat. You know, you'd be more aware of. Yeah, he, he's uh, there's, there's a Huddleston house is there at the back of the, the tree grounds in Broadford. He owns that. Yeah, and the land around it there, he bought that farm. And is he still on? Uh, is he still on? I, I still, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one son. Is just when you go, yeah, when you go up around the when you go up around the pitch on under Limerick Road, you can see there's a double gate there. There's That's a big right. gate. Yeah, that's yeah. The entrance. To it. Mm. Yeah, so he has done an awful lot for for um, for Clare and 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 in 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 the uh, in the states and that you know. Yeah, he had the Clare team over there in in '95, and I suppose he, he dined and wined them as well. So, mm. I suppose yeah, he, the he, had the, he had the Clare team over. Well, the Clare team over, and he was involved in it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, in '95 when they won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Must have been great for someone like him in in New York. Uh, and, you know um, when. When that uh, happened, he, I think he, he supported the, the renovation of the Broadford of the church as well, and the J Field in Broadford, and I suppose he done yeah. he done mm. a lot of work for Broadford and, and 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 got him a lot of money, you know. Okay, well, listen, we'll we'll leave it there with with yeah, uh, with Danny Maloney. Uh, his son will be may he rest in peace, may anyway, and uh, his son will be in New York uh, on January fifteenth. Your name, okay, yeah. yeah. No, I see on page that was on page seven of the Clare Echo. On page seven of the Clare Champion, there's a picture of a smiling Father uh, Ignatius or Father Iggy McCormack, president of Saint Flannan's College, and he talks about. Uh, the Leaving Cert, the upcoming Leaving Cert in 2022 and uh, in how that should be structured and wh whether options should be given and that kind of thing. Uh, John, do you might have you have you thoughts on the article yeah. or on the subject even? On this, well, it's a difficult one now, realistically, isn't it? The problem with regard to um, uh, current Leaving Cert class is that most of them did not do the the the, intermediate, the junior cert. That might be an advantage. It might indeed, but <laughs> it also it's 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 presumed that it would be a disadvantage. It is. Well, yes, we'll accept that it is a disadvantage. And if you're, I'm not accepting it's a disadvantage. No, if one accepts it, right, uh, as a disadvantage, um, the experience of doing a state examination midway is, in my mind, valuable for its students. Except, John, that the junior cert now is a very different beast um, from the leading cert. From the, uh, because well, there, well, is a lot of, there is a lot of project work. There is, but that's, that's kind of very current, very, re very recent. But this class would have done that. Not really necessarily. Well. I mean, they've lost, uh, as well as that. It's just, if you're going to evaluate a student... Yeah in a non-objective way, like the Leaving Cert, to an extent, a written exam, you know, is a fairly objective assessment. Well, the ASTI are, are not saying that they, they, they the, per, the teachers themselves don't want to mark their own students, but I don't think they're against other teachers um, independently marking 
Well, there's disagreement with the the principals union and the ASDI. There and is the TUI. There, yeah, they're no divided. Comment. They're they a divided are. house. So what does what what does the minister do in that situation, responding to that type? Well, of the divide? minister has already responded according to the article, um, uh, and this is what. Father McCormack says himself, uh, Owen Ryan is the author of the piece, in fairness to the minister, she's not proposing the traditional format. She's proposing a heavily... Mo mo no, there is a spelling mistake, right? Modified? This is the problem with the leaving search. <laughs> <laughs> mo mo if you were to pronounce it, it would be modified. Yeah. Anyway, modified written paper. Mm -hmm. It certainly can't be traditional format. It has to be different. And the minister is proposing that it be different. So, you know, does that not satisfy people? I, I would be happy uh, myself if, for example, the Leaving Cert uh, examination is, uh, reflects the amount of time and takes into account the amount of lost teaching time that the current crop of students have experienced in two years. So therefore, we'd be looking at a modification of the written t papers. But you see, John, and the wait second... Wait, no, wait a sec, wait a sec, no. But you, the, the presumption is that, the, again, they've lost time. They've lost a small bit of time, but oh, not enough. Remember, schooling, like ourselves in the university, went online. Mm-hmm. So there, there wasn't a massive loss of time. Again, there's a lot of presumptions out there. And anyway, what about the, what, would, the would we listen to the students, John? If the students propose the proposal, shouldn't the, should the minister listen to what they have to say? <coughs> I'm not going to, you know, jump into that lines den. Aren't they the citizens <laughs> who are directly affected by it? We, we better inform, uh, you know, our our. Uh, <coughs> listeners that in involved in this is a second level ex second level individual myself and uh, opposite me <laughs> uh, a third level okay yes now I have absolutely no vested. I, 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 I was going to hold up the flag for non-vested myself you know okay Pat would be uh, your classic non you know, you have no vested interest. No, well, no, no. you indeed. But uh, and, uh, and <laughs> Jim no. is uh, Jim is out of it too. Yeah, to yeah. a certain extent. Even though he was in the educational world so at you the start of their career. Are you are you telling me, as a a, a third level history professor? Okay, are you telling me <laughs> that you did not notice any difference in the standard of students. Okay, in your history. For sure, isn't that yeah. the, isn't, I, I did notice a difference, and that's because um, grades were inflated. And they'd be done so again. Exactly, and so uh, that's, uh, so we probably, I don't know whether I agree or disagree with Father McCormick. You suggest, you, you seem to be suggesting, John, that there should be some sort of a different leaving cert. I'm suggesting, I, I, I and actually the registrar of the CAO, sorry, the, the chair of the CEO, the Central Applications Office, which is a company owned by all of the universities. Yeah, you're on that chair. I'm not on that chair, and happily not on that chair. Yeah. But uh, the chair of it is the registrar of NUI Maynooth. Yeah. Maynooth University, as it calls himself now. And he says, we need to bring back the traditional leaving cert mm. because, because of great inflation. I see them on my side of the fence 
and they're struggling. Mm. Okay, we'll, go, we'll, go we'll on come through. back to it. We will, indeed. <laughs> Page four of the Clare Champion, and it was David kind of jumped when he saw this photograph there That's a while right. ago. Uh, and it's uh, on the Gort Road in Ennis, Our Lady's Hospital, uh, has, been, has been closed. Uh, it was a psychiatric hospital and has been closed for quite a number of years now. And obviously the... It's councillors have been talking about it, and they have looked at the idea of delisting Our Ladies, the building, in order to facilitate development. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. Um, it's I, I'm not familiar with the building, but the but the the picture is striking. It's a handsome building, is how I describe it. Mm. Uh, it's they Jessica Quinn unfortunately didn't give us a date for the construction of the building, but it's certainly 19th century, and I would say around. 1850, 1860, that would be my best guess. But it has been sold, according to the article, to, to a developer. Um, and so what's very intriguing to me is why are councillors now saying, even though the building has already been sold, that, the, that parts of the building sh should be delisted? Like... I'm, uh, what, what's driving this motivation? Now, according to the article, it says it's more expensive uh, when it is a listed building to, to develop it. That's barmy because there are examples across the country where listed buildings, and I'll give you a prime example of one up in Sligo. Again, a psychiatric hospital which was turned into a hotel very successfully. It's a Carlton Hotel in Sligo, the former psychiatric hospital there. There's no reason why... Uh, the hospital in Ennis couldn't be done in a similar way and keep its listed status. Well, I think two different developers owned this site before and then they sold them on again and one was going to develop a hotel in it and then and the, the next man was going to develop a private hospital but none of them came to fruition. Yeah, but I don't think that's mm. the fault of, of, of delisting or listing. It's a yeah. knee-jerk reaction. Can I, make a, can I make a suggestion with regard to this building? Ennis is going to develop as a, a link-in area for the new university, correct? Yes. It will be, as, as that link expands and grows, Ennis is going to require, you know, suitable mm. uh, accommodation, space. Mm. Isn't that true? Mm. What a glorious chance it would be to have a cottage there. Have a cottage. Yeah. It's, you see, I think, John, you've bought into the hype around Ennis being a university <laughs> town. <laughs> uh, it's, they have, what, what one university has done is put a small, has, has allowed itself to uh, articulate that sort of language. Uh, no, there's no chance that they actually believe in it so much that they would purchase. I would agree with you. It would make a fine. But uh, seeing it re restored as a as a hospital would be fantastic. Even might be a private hospital or a hotel or whatever the function. No. But delisting yes. is not a good idea. I think, John, he'd prefer it uh, a, a nursing home or a hospital <laughs> rather than another university. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, that, so we're clear about what we're talking about now. Um, it only requires one uh, segment of a third level, you know, to justify Ennis becoming a, a little micro uh, yeah. link to well, the wider universe. Well, listen, like the Skibbereen Eagle, we'll keep our eye on it. <laughs> uh, we're, co we're coming up to half time, Pat. Uh, have you a piece of music for us to uh, go out on in the well, first half of the show? Our own uh, Sharon Shannon. Uh, it should be right off harder on St. Stephen's Day. And he was 94 years. So we'll have a tune from... from we'll, we'll, um, 
um, give us some please to Shannon and did it for dead. He was 94 and uh, we did the Galway Girl, I suppose. Lovely. Oh, lovely. Okay, Sharon Shannon, the Galway Girl, we'll see you in a bit. You're very welcome back. You're listening to Local Media this week here on Scariff Bay Community Radio, and I hope you enjoyed Sharon Shannon there and Galway Girl. Uh, I suppose a quick word about GA and John, we promised not to mention the fact that two East Clare teams went down to Cork <laughs> last weekend and, and, and came back victorious. And hopefully are and going to go down <laughs> next weekend, <laughs> week. In deference to David, we won't yeah. even tell him about no. it. <laughs> anyway, I was looking at the examiner during the week, John, yeah. and I mean, the end of life as we know it, the heartbeat of the GA, the very, where it was founded. Yes. In Selling out to FBD. So now it will be the, what is it, the FBD, are they going to keep Tom Semple's name in it, I wonder? <laughs> uh, it will be known as the FBD Semple Stadium. Is this the beginning of a new trend? Uh, it's name, not naming of pitches. The, the, the Gaelic rounds, of course, in Limerick yeah. have already been changed. Been so. And, of course... Uh, it was LIT, and it's now it's whatever the Shannon University has called and itself. David, are we going to turn our backs on, uh, you know, the good old names of the past? Oh, Ro- we are. Robert Emmett and, and Michael Cusack. Cusack. Michael and Michael Cusack. Cusack and, uh, and will Croke Park, Croke. I wonder, be changed? Croke. Mm. What about I, everything has a price, gentlemen, doesn't the, it? I think it does. What about that pitch, that new pitch that you got top to Miller from the government uh, put up down by the league? Well, if they want to call it Mehal Martin pitch, <laughs> yeah. fair enough. Jack anyway, Lynch got his tunnel. Mehal Martin needs a pitch. It's very interesting, and of course, I suppose there's nobody in line for the new um, chief operating officer of the GA here in County Clare. I, Jim, this I read in, in 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 today's paper. I read this: a retired businessman offers to take on the Clare COO role. Without any pay. Now, this mm-hmm. role is the chief operating officer. What's the difference between, and he wants to take it on, on a voluntary basis, where there is a 30,000 a year salary available from, from headquarters. Isn't that yes, right? That's right. Yeah. And he, we, do, we don't know his name. Pat, uh, uh, Pat O'Brien is a retired businessman, I suppose, <laughs> isn't him? No, he's in New York, Pat. Oh, he's in New York. Uh, do, yeah. do you know anything about I don't. About I, I didn't know anything about it unless he'd hear something on the paper. But the, there's a lot of clues as to who it might be. The Clare Echo, which is the paper you're referring to, John, understands yeah. that the individual has links to Crusheen. Again. Again, Crusheen raises its puka's <laughs> head. <laughs> National school with Keating. So with, with Keating, who is the uh, Kieran Keating, the chairman of Clare GA, who is the mouthpiece or who's bringing this information. Uh, and Vice Chairman Michael O'Connor, the officers approached by the potential COO. So there's a lot of hints being made as to who it might what be. But sure, doesn't it suggest, again, the amateur sort of nature? Isn't, isn't the report which was produced, which recommended the establishment of a COO, the Chief Operating Officer, to kind of professionalise what is very much uh, yeah. a voluntary... I know that the, the, there are other roles which are paid... But what, if, if the businessman is interested, let, them be, let there be an interview, let them go forward. And if he wants to give up his salary or her salary, 
Um, well, I think that's a, that's what they have agreed. They've agreed that uh, this thing has to be um, has to be an open advertised. It has to be yeah. advertised. Yeah, if we want to play. But uh, the people going in, and, and, and I think some of the delegates here even said it. The, the people going in, going in for the job, who, who would like maybe to get paid f to do the job. Yeah. Whoever would like to, wouldn't be maybe able to afford to go in and do it voluntarily. They they are at a disadvantage now going in by uh, by people announcing they announcing. Pat, the who's doing this work at the moment in the GA in County Clare? Well, the secretary is doing it. Pat Fitzgerald. Is that what he would be at? Yeah, yeah, he's the secretary. Yeah, he's, mm. uh, he's the and of course they they are retaining the role of secretary, aren't they? But, but they're bringing it back to the to the previous type. Previous, of, yeah. ah, I see. Listen, yeah. we we want to go. I'm, can I move on from that? And we'll see how things go in the GA. Um, but maybe uh, the um, Aerowind evicted field in Tumgraney. We might have that. Yes. Or, or the. Um, Something like the Centra Scarif GA. No, hold on a second now. <laughs> Tr Trump evicted field. <laughs> <laughs> we need to write a letter to Florida. Listen, a lovely picture on page one in the Clare Champion this week. Um, down near um, our own Tom Henley lives in that part of the world. Absolutely beautiful photograph of Inish Caltra uh, with a local woman uh, and her dog on the end of the pier. Uh, Looks like it was taken in the morning. Yeah, and so uh, yeah. lovely photographs there, Jim. There are. There's another one yeah. here on page three as well, where Billy O'Shea and David Fitzsimons are out, are going out pike fishing yes. in the harbour. It's a lovely picture. Okay, we'll go on anyway. Uh, Scarif gets plenty of mention this weekend. Uh, again, we mentioned last week the, uh, the, the I suppose the, the forecasting of great growth in the town, um, with we'll say the money that is coming into it now, the half a million odd euro in order to bring certain plans to fruition. And um, I see that the community council, Scarif Community Council have um, had commissioned a report on the future of the water tower on the Fecal Road, yeah. which is adjacent, which yeah. Luke points out is actually in Tungraney, which he's dead right. Mm. That's um, right. So is, is, is Scarif Community Council proposing a, a little incursion into the, into the <laughs> parish? I mean, we the Tungraney Development Association probably has more of a claim to it, surely. We, but we, we call it cooperation. All right, okay. So you're looking for our money, but you want to get all the credit. Uh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> because Tungreni is uh, <coughs> given the the friendship of uh, Scarif, it is Scarif who will be contributing to uh, the oh. further development. Well, we'll hold you to and that, John so. S. Kelly, oh, uh, and rightly so. But, <laughs> but tell me, th there's the word transformational that's been used by all the commentators on it, and they're baiting the door down in to tell us the, how much I'll talk they yeah. they've done with the minister and what have you, and okay, yeah. mm -hmm. and fair play, like we accept all of that marvelous input by our councillors again yeah. and our TDs, aren't don't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, we're looking but at what, it. Uh, Jim. Tell me, have you a kind of a vision of what might come out 
of this consultation that's going to cost a fair few bob to... It is. Well, I, I, would say, I suppose, first of all, and looking at the county development plan, at least the, the Killaloo area section of us, Scarif and Tumgraney are, are, while it's acknowledged that there are different areas and that they each have their own unique, you know, history and and their own identity, but, but they're so close that they're taken as a unit in oh, yeah. terms of development. Um, and I suppose if, if you look at it, we'll say you're talking about the, let's say, Inish Caltra being developed over the next number of years. You're talking about the walkway. Yes. And you're talking about generally, ra- you know, raising our our standards and our expectations in terms of tourism and, and, and but generally. What, what do you see as, as obvious needs to be addressed so that we can begin this process of reformation you know in scarif you mean yes yeah. well it's in it, the same as in most places um you're talking about uh having an attractively laid out area you're talking about and we've often mentioned it here you're talking about derelict houses uh, that's been addressed and, and already now and that's been yeah. addressed in this uh off street car parking as well is, is Big being need. addressed in this plus uh the development of a, a multi-purpose hub with business space with community Community space, yep. right in the cen- you know, close as possible to the centre of the town, mm. um, and, and I suppose you're talking about general allowing for development as well, allowing for more people to live because people are the lifeblood of a place. So, and and then we said the community council coming in with the water tower, which is a very historic building, which I had visioned some years ago that it's in the water tower we'd have the studio. Yeah, and uh, no, yeah. we ca- we can't do that, but we could have a studio in it. And we we were talking about a bridge linking the actual Riverside Park with the water tower at one stage, weren't we? Yeah, and that's and that's fairly straightforward. And and I have a feeling that, that we talked to Tom Collins about the possibilities of that. And he had already done such a bridge for at the time. For another for some, uh, spot. Yes, spot that's up right. the country. Yeah, so the bridge, uh, the actual building of a bridge across. But, I mean, you can imagine from the historical point of view, I mean, the water tower is there. It served the... the um, the workhouse the workhouse yeah. and and which you know yeah. served the whole of east coast served yeah. maybe is the wrong word but yeah uh, so it's you know there the possibilities are endless there yeah yeah and i'm looking forward to seeing the conservation report as i understand the conservation report is just at conserve it in situ as a ruin um, I'm not sure actually who are the owners of it. Is it is it is it the is it? The well, I believe Fins are the owners. Fins are the owners of the water tower. Yes. Right. Yeah. So so it's their property. Um, uh, and I wonder, have they been approached to pay oh, for the council? Oh, they have, yeah, and, and uh, by all accounts, you know, have agreed in principle to to hand it over to the community. Yeah, That's yeah. The but what I would say is, certainly a use is needed for it. Uh, if you put a bridge there, you'll bring, you, you'll bring people, hmm. maybe, that you don't want there, and will, br- you know, I've noticed a bit, a few bits of the stones have come off already. Yes. Fair, fair yeah. point. Okay, we we have to go on because we're going to run out of time at the end. Pat, uh, I see there the Joe Cooney wants the Broadford sewage system uh, or the development of the sewage system in Broadford fast tracked. Yeah, um, on page eleven there, the champion uh, fears over the zoning cited and called the fast track sewage. Councillor claims Broadford needs pilot scheme to be confirmed by the end of March. Their County Councillor Joe Cooney has called on Housing Minister Darrell O'Brien to fast-track the inclusion of Broadford the new national pilot scheme for rural towns and villages that don't have a proper sewage treatment plant. The lack of sewage infrastructure in these clear villages 
has been a frustration of local residents for 50 years. Hopes for the project have been have seen several firestorms and unfilled political promises. Last August, Minister O'Brien met members of the Broad Fraction Group concerning the long await for the sewer treatment facility in the village. In a statement shortly after the visit, Tripoli Cahill Crowe stated Minister O'Brien put forward a proposal from his department to have a new fundraising stream for small villages that lack sewer infrastructure. Well, Joe, is, what he's saying really is, um, if you go down through the, 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 full, the full article, he's saying that um, after March, after the end of March, they'll have to dezone uh, parts of Broadford Village if, the, if this isn't... Uh, and that will put them back for at least another five years another until... Five, yeah, yes. Yes. Could you, yes. Lads, could you explain that to our listeners? What dezoning actually means? Well, my understanding with dezoning is, you know, a, a piece of land is zoned, let's say, for whatever purpose, for housing, for recreation, for whatever. Um, so dezoning is changing it back to agriculture. I mean, I suppose agriculture would be the the basic, you know, uh, purpose of any land, we'll say, any field, anywhere. That's the worry that Joe Cooney yeah. is expressing now well, about well, March. Because what we were saying there, what Pat was reading was, and am I, am I right in saying this, Pat, that it will, if it's not in the plan, it can't happen for the it next has. five years, the, 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 even if the sewage system is done. Mm. Uh, but but, but is, is the council... The, Bit unsure here is Joe is Joe scaremongering because I have the development plan in front of me for Broadford, and and I don't see I see actually development earmarked in in vacant sites. Uh, there's four vacant areas. Uh, there, I don't read anything about de zoning. Is he scaremongering? Well, maybe he knows something that, that we don't. Yes. Yeah. But this is the draft plan. I mean, it, is, it, says, it just says here. I'm, I'm also Six con- years. I'm, I'm yeah. also concerned about other settlements which are going to be dezoned because they don't have the infrastructure. There are about 11 in the Killaloo Municipal District and 50 in the county, which could experience depopulation because the people will not be able to move into these villages. Mm. So, um, I don't know, really. so there must be some something behind it, I, I doubt it's becoming out. No, no, <laughs> well, I mean, we, we do yeah. wish, and we've we've often said it, we wish Broad for the best in getting this, because it will secure their future and their development, mm. uh, if mm. this can be got, and the earlier the better. Mm. Uh, look, going at the other side of the Schlieve-Barner range, and uh, to Killaloo, and there's a, a photograph there, or no, it's not a photograph. It's a, it's a, an artist's impression, in of the um, of what Killaloo might look like. That's right. Um, page yeah, nine page of nine the champion. champion. Yeah. Because yeah. I know yesterday we, you know, around the parishes we had Arlene White from Killaloo, and we were talking about it. I suppose two things which were linked. One is the new bridge, yeah. which will, you know, take all the heavy traffic out of Killaloo and allow it to, to develop. And then you have the Balna Killaloo plan, which uh, you're looking at there, David. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the headline by Dan Danher is exciting plans as council cooperate in East Clare. Uh, the councils are Tipperary and Clare, of course. And there's a, there is a picture there. I must say it isn't terribly exciting, I have to say. <laughs> I mean, the artist could have done a better job. All, all the artist has done is, uh, if you're standing on the bridge looking towards Killaloo, what they have done is uh, pave the road 
uh, to make it a little bit more pedestrian friendly. And there is a vacant site there uh, beside the pub, um, opposite the pub, which they've put a few little parasols and a few trees are in, and there's some sort of a red thing, which I'm not sure what it is. The cars are still there, um, but there's and there's a few silhouettes of, of, of people. But anyway, it, it, it is a sign, potentially, that this area, Killaloo and Ballina, We'll see fewer cars. We'll see more pedestrian and tourist activity. Tourists would love to be walking around there, I'd say. And more outdoor roadside cafes. Yes. And, now, and where you would put them, I, 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 I would wonder. Like, you still have to have a two-way traffic system. Mm. Or, or are they proposing well, a one-way system? I think they're proposing that there'll be no traffic on the bridge. Well, yeah. there are cars here now. There is, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are cars okay, here. I know that, yeah. uh, but yeah. they've, the artist has cleverly put the cars very at the, at the fringes <laughs> yes. to yeah, give yeah. the suggestion that there mightn't be cars. But yes. anyway, there are cars there. And I don't see cars being removed, by the way. Do you not? No. Well, but how... Do, how, how I think there is a proposal that uh, the cars won't be on the bridge when the... When the when Can you when imagine this, tables this, and chairs out even along? the bridge I and, don't and being able to sit down and well, argue if coffee well if vehicles are removed yeah um, um, there's a problem but I, like you're a delivery van you're, you're delivering your bread and you're delivering whatever supplies to, uh, to the Ballina side mm-hmm. and you are you suggesting to me that you would have to go on to out of the town over the new bridge and come back into Killaloo but where are you coming from I mean to be easier to get a little boat and bring over your <laughs> <laughs> your, be- your well, bread across enter- the river. Enterprise. Possibly deliveries would be would probably be allowed. By bicycle, Pat, is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, we would imagine that deliveries would be allowed, really. Yeah, uh, okay, allowed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that would discountance then. And it would be a very cold spot, I'd say, Jim, if you are sipping your coffee at a table on, in, the, in the middle of the bridge. Well, you could, yes, well, you'd okay. have to put up little shelters and uh, all was, sorts of things. Was, was, I know, it's was, good to be imaginative, though. There was days there last summer and last June and July, and you, you, you could sit out on the bridge and you'd, you'd, be you'd love the, the breeze blow. Yes. <laughs> no, I remember being in, in, in Malaga, in the centre of Malaga, in the old part of Malaga. Now it's, it's beautifully done out. But... There, there was no traffic there, none at yeah, all. Yeah. The, but, the, but there were cars, as in um, police cars, right. taxis, mm-hmm. and yeah, they, yeah, you know. Yeah, so you yeah. can you can rule out kind of yeah. ordinary cars from the minute like you propose that. that the shop owners and the cafe owners and the, the butchers are <laughs> up in arms. Like look at Ennis as an example. Ennis mm-hmm. crying out to be pedestrianised, and and the shop owners are against yeah. it. John. Uh, the, the, Jim, while you're down in Killaloo and Balnan talking about it, yes. it might be appropriate to offer our, our good wishes to Ongel Martin and Jack Fairfield. And who are they, John? The St. Anne's um, Community, Colli- Community College. Yes. And they have a very interesting project in for the Young Scientist exhibition. It's on page 18 there of the, Champion, uh, yeah. of the Champion. And it's in the Chemical, Physical and Mathematical Sciences area, which that's always a hot spot you know yes um, so what's the project John they project is they are examining or have examined how ocean temperatures impact on the rate of the breakdown of plastics into microplastics and they have interesting uh, results out of it as well they found that um, plastics uh, break down differently different rates 
depending on the temperature of the water of the yeah. water yeah. now this yeah. may have something to you know to say to uh, entrepreneurs who would be interested in that general area yeah. and microplastics are they are you know they get but they get episodic the, yeah but they get episodic kind of exposure in mm. the media mm. isn't that right episodic the, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i know john you were principal in in scarf community college many years ago uh, well, not that many years ago. But Thank you, Jim. Uh, <laughs> but you would you would have had experience of of students yeah, doing I, going to to events like this. Oh, very much. And I, would I be right in thinking it's the taking part that's much more important? Absolutely. Than Although there is a value in going, if, even if they aren't taking part. But we had a good we had a good tradition in the young scientists, uh, particularly under. Uh, teacher Allen. Yes, and yeah. our, uh, we've had some of our people who are involved in the radio project, who are very, very successful uh, in the Young Scientists exhibition. So you think it's a spur for students, without to a shadow of doubt. Okay. Okay. So anyway, we we uh, send by by the time we're coming out, we're recording this as usual on Tuesday night uh, or on Thursday night. So by the by the time we're broadcasting, it's Sunday afternoon, and the results will have been will have been known. But yeah. uh, we send our congratulations to all the the Clare involvement. Yeah. I think there's more, there's more fifteen or sixteen um, uh, students there with with projects in it. So we we wish them all the best. Yeah. And I see there was a page there on Liston Verna and. Uh, um, a girl, there's there's one um, a prize in this environment. She's back teaching in this environment, she now, and she's she's um, and they have a big tradition. They have a big tradition there. in this oh, very yeah, very big. Have, yeah, yeah, How so many schools are there in secondary schools in Clare? No, we'd have to start counting. Well, there's, there's three in East Clare, in our yeah. area here, Tulla, Scariff, so and those Kildare. fifteen are would they be about twenty? Yeah, so, mo about, mo so, about so most of the schools are there. So there's about five or six missing, is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. that's right. Okay. D Jim, by the way, who is the Camogie um, uh, Volunteer of the Year in County Clare? There's a, a six-mark question for it, but it's answered by um, um, our colleagues in the... Farmer Scarif man. Farmer Scarif man, okay. Yes. That's uh, one up for you there. That's right. <laughs> the Camogie, the, the volunteer Camogie person of the year is our good friend Martin Nugent from the yeah. Aero Oak Club, but, but uh, of course, a Scarif man. Well, originally uh, from Clanusker. Clanusker, uh, indeed. Lived in... Lived in um, the Mount Shannon Road for a number of years, and, and the first father of Barry, who has starred for Clare um, down the years. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And of course, um, every club, uh, the article finishes a lovely little, you know, um, kind of a valedictum. Okay, uh, every club should have a Martin Nugent. Yes. What more can you say? What more can you so say? Well done, great, a great tribute, and yeah. indeed, I mean, it's no, it's no joke either, because the, the, you know. Where did he get it from? All of the Nugents would have hugely contributed, wouldn't they, to, to Scarif Club because that's the club they were in. Yeah. And I mean, when he went then to Ennis, Barry would have been involved there. Anyway, we're finished with the uh, with our program today. We've run out of time. Uh, my thanks to John S. Kelly. John, thank you very much. Welcome, Jim. To Pat O'Brien. Thanks, Jim. And to David Fleming. Thanks, Jim. Uh, we leave our final word with Pat, I suppose, because uh, a little bit of music to see us oh out yeah, on, well Pat. I think... Uh, um um, Desi O'Halloran used to be with um, Sharon, with Sharon, Sharon Shannon on there earlier on, so Desi on 
come down from the mountain, Katie Daly. Okay, well, indeed, that was absolutely <laughs> a brilliant song to finish on. Many thanks, Pat. Goodbye and God bless. Oh, I'm